Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Well, welcome everybody to the Must Read Alaska show. I'm your host, John Quick. And boy, do we have a special treat for you today. Um, we are excited. I'm excited. It's sunny and it's been about 55 degrees at my house for the last five days, which means my snow went from having maybe three or four feet of snow in my backyard to we're down to a foot. So man, it could be, uh, we could actually, I could actually see my uh, yard maybe when it turns to uh, May 1st here in a week or so. So I'm pretty excited about that. Before we get started, I want to thank our show sponsor, Charlie Pierce for Governor. Uh, thank you, Charlie Pierce for Governor for sponsoring the Must Read Alaska show. It's because of you that we get to spread, spread conservative news all throughout the nooks and crannies of Alaska. You know, we compete with big names that have big budgets and dozens of staff and big buildings and foundations that fund them. And uh, Suzanne and I are just uh, bootstrapped into this thing. And so we thank all, uh, folks like Charlie Pierce for sponsor sponsoring us because it does make a difference. Everybody got to pay some bills around here and he makes us uh, possible to pay some of our bills. So thank you so much. I have Donna Ardwin today as my guest, which is super exciting because she is literally uh, probably the most leading expert of anything government-related budget-wise in the entire U.S. She has worked with multiple multiple different governors, including Arnold Schwarzenegger, excuse me while I'm choking here, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jeb Bush, our governor, Mike Dunleavy, uh, governor of New York, and many others. She is the go-to budget person for any high-level government executive that's trying to get their state's budget in order. And she has made a name for herself all over the U.S. as the person to go to. She literally uh, was telling me uh, before the interview about um, a book that she has just produced with it that we'll talk a little bit more about. But Donna, welcome to the Must Read Alaska show. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you, John. And it's so great to see you face to face again. <laughs> yeah, I love watching the podcast. So I get to see you. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, our folks are big fans of yours. So you're in friendly territory here. So Donna, um, tell us a little bit about, you know, maybe there's somebody listening here that maybe ha maybe hasn't heard of you. This is the first time they've seen you on the Mustard Alaska show. They've maybe just are kind of getting involved into the political world in Alaska. Tell us a little bit about how you first got involved as being like the, you know, the budget guru for all things government. Uh, well, sort of planned and sort of not planned. <laughs> uh, in at school, I went to Duke. Um, I studied economics and public policy, and I had an internship at Ronald Reagan's OMB uh, while I was in college. So that was just fantastic. But after school, I went off to Wall Street. So I lived in New York and Tokyo. And uh, did that, not really planning to go into politics, um, but I did learn finance there. So that was a great, great training ground for me. Um, as it happened, the woman I interned for at the uh, OMB, the federal OMB, um, 
went to work for a governor of Michigan, my home state, which is where I am now. And we had snow here yesterday, by the way, in northern Michigan. So, um, right. I don't miss Alaska that much. <laughs> I don't have mountains. I don't have beautiful mountains out the door, out the window. Um, so she went to work for the governor of Michigan and she called me and she said, will you come work for me? The OMB in Michigan is a huge agency, like combination of Alaska's OMB Department of Administration, most of revenue. And she said, I have 1,200 employees because of the civil service and unions in Michigan. She said, I can only hire three. I said, what would you like me to do? And she said, anything you want. <laughs> so I came there and eventually became our chief of staff. And then the next year, we had a red wave. Governors getting elected all over the country. We helped several of them in their campaigns, Christy Todd Whitman. Uh, but eventually, what she chose to go work with Governor Pataki in New York and took me with her. And that was that was just crazy. Like if you think politics is crazy in Juneau, that's like a powder puff game. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the big leagues in New York City. <laughs> People ask me if I had recently read Machiavelli's Prince. And if not, perhaps I should read it again just as a primer uh, going into uh, Albany. That was crazy. But um, he cut taxes, revived New York. So, I mean, it was it was exhausting, but fun. And then after four years, Jeb Bush was elected in Florida, called me the next morning and said, would you come down? And uh, I was his, so I became his policy and budget director for five years. And that was probably the best work experience of my life. He was such a small government conservative. He just wanted to do everything. Spend all of his- was, was he a good guy too? Just a, oh, a, a oh, good guy to be around? Wonderful guy. Well, Suzanne worked for, for Jeb as well. Yep. And uh, so he was he was so, so determined to spend all of his political capital to do as many good things as possible. You know, wasn't worried about the politics because, you know, he taught me they take care of themselves. So you just keep rolling along. We um, we imposed our own spending limit. Uh, we didn't want the one the legislature was looking at. So the governor just said, if we spend more than eight percent of the state's GDP, if you all do, you send me a bill, I'm going to veto it back down. <laughs> That's awesome. And he did. And he did. Even though the legislature just passed full school choice, you know, everything that he wanted, he was willing to veto those. Um, he vetoed a lot of bills, too. You know, he, he, he would turn to me every time we were going through all of the bills that he had to determine whether to sign or veto. And he said, you know, almost every one of these bills are chipping away at somebody's freedom and liberty. And so he was willing to just, you know, take them down because it pained him. It pained him to reduce liberty. So it, it was just a great experience. I mean, we, our pension fund was 110% funded, had wow. $10 billion in the CBR, and there was like none when he got there. Cut taxes every year, and surprisingly, money just kept rolling in. We didn't know what to do with it. So we put away um, you know, reserves and endowments and really set up the state for what it has become now. So what's uh, it sounds like you've had, you know, some great experience with some different governors. Do you have one in particular that sticks out that was like, you know, you always go back to in your mind as your favorite experience or favorite time of your life? That, that would probably be Jeb. But um, he did also then in his fifth year, um, Governor Grain Davis in California was recalled. And uh, the recall there works like, well, it, 
there was just an attempt on Governor Newsom, if you all were following it. But mm -hmm. it's interesting because on one side of the ballot, you decide recall or no recall. On the other side, there's a jumbo, like a like the jumbo primary that you all are about to be having. Yeah, uh, and just whoever <laughs> had the plurality of votes, no ranked choice after that. But whoever had the plurality of votes becomes governor. So a month later, Arnold Schwarzenegger was governor of California. And Jeb, he, I knew his folks there. Um, and they asked me if, uh, asked Jeb if he'd loan me to him for a month. So I went out and that was just crazy fun. Um, Arnold is just incredibly bright, incredibly hardworking and incredibly generous man. So after we finished the transition, he asked me to stay. He asked me to stay several times. Finally, I said yes. So I stayed for a year. While I was working for him, we put together a council of economic advisors. George Schultz was our chairman. I got to work with him. Like he was in my office every other week, wow. which is just such an honor. Milton Friedman was on the council. In fact, Milton and I made a, um, a presentation together, you know, for Arnold and the rest of the council in the first meeting. Um, Arnold came in. Milton's, uh, you know, was a diminutive man. And Arnold stood next to him and he's like, it's just like twins. <laughs> 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 but uh, but Arthur Lapper was on the council. So that's how I got to meet, um, you know, one of my heroes, Arthur. And uh, we put together a consulting firm. I've been working together ever since. So the um, we've been we've worked for, as you said, numerous governors. Sometimes I've been in their offices. Sometimes we just work with them on a tax reform or, you know, other issues that are particular to to their needs, um, economic development. We even did some work with a Democrat governor who, by the way, Jared Polis in Colorado was uh, one of our top 10 governors in the Grading Governor's book. We just right. published it with Alex. So uh, we're proud of that. You know, anybody who's willing to say, you know, what's worked in other states? You know, Arthur, Donna, you all have been doing this for decades. And it's just, you know, it's never surprising to me that the same thing works over and over again. Arthur can explain the economics of why that happens. I just know from experience and any governor who's willing to say, you know, I want to make that happen here. So look, here's how you do it. So is so. there any, is there, do you still at all get, you know, starstruck by, you know, were you starstruck when you first met Arnold Schwarzenegger is, or is pretty much all those butterflies gone away since you've worked with the top who's who of all political folks? Yeah, I never really got starstruck. Uh, you know, I met several when I worked for the governor of New York. We had an arts council in, in New York City. Um, I worked for Jeb. There was a lot of stars coming in and out. I have some fun stories. Um, <laughs> whenever some sports star would come in and ask for something, I would get the call. Oh, Donna, you're needed in the governor's office because he's having another meeting because he wanted me to tell them no. Yes, he didn't want to be the bad guy. <laughs> so um, so Jim Brown comes in one day, the former football player, and the whole staff was teasing me like, <laughs> the guy's a lot bigger than me, right? Um, but then Dan Marino comes in, and I get the call, and the governor's like, governor's office, Donna, you're going to come in, going to tell Dan Marino no, and I'm like, no, uh-uh, <laughs> I can't do it. So it was awesome. fun. Um, but when I went to work for Arnold, then... The first time I met him was um, two days after his election. And yeah, that was that was kind of crazy. He is, you know, the character in True Lies with the little um, tortoise glasses yep. and that twinkle in his eye. That's who he is. 
Yeah. And we had so many jokes and we had so much fun working together. And he could put you at ease right away. But he would say to me all the time, like, okay, Donna, give me the bad news first and then the good news, you know, and it just, um, what I told him when I first started working for him that, you know, you've got a $15 billion budget to solve. You know, that's comforting. <laughs> yeah, that's a and big, that's said, a big so problem. Here's, so here's <laughs> the bad news and the good news. Yeah, give me the bad news first. The bad news is I've only got literally like 10 hours to spend with you to make decisions on how to reduce the budget by $15 billion in one year. Okay. And the good news. And I said, you don't really have any options. You know, I said, when you've got a lot of money, you have infinite options as to what to do with them. But when you've got to cut that much, it's going to be easy. So he goes, okay, that's comforting. Nice. Um, a lot of stars came in to the um, office. I will say that I walked into the inaugural behind Jamie Lee Curtis and that was amazing. She's, uh, she's just a gorgeous woman. Uh, Rob Lowe would hang out in the office, but I do have to admit that the day I was going to meet Clint Eastwood, I was a mess. Absolutely. <laughs> he, um, Arnold put together a film council and he was on it. And so when the inaugural meeting, Danny DeVito was on it. They all came in, invited friendly legislators in for a lunch. And he was doing a line so we could all go through and say hello to them. Well, I had told Arnold about my little, you know, Clint Eastwood <laughs> um, crush. And we got to the line and Arnold stopped me. I was saying, oh, you know, Mr. Eastwood, thank you so much for doing this. It was a volunteer, you know, whatever you say. And Arnold stopped and he puts his arm around my shoulder. And he says, oh, Clint, oh, Clint, oh, Clint. He says, this is my finance director. We have a $15 billion budget problem. <laughs> he goes, for the last two weeks, I get no work out of her. All she can say to me is, what's Clint's favorite color? What should I wear? You know, on and on and on. <laughs> Clint Eastwood blushed. I'm sure I was. So, it was fun. It was fun. I could tell Arnold stories all day. We, um, Folks that are listening in right now. Oh, sorry. My, I think we're cutting out here a little bit. Turn off this thing. Okay, so folks that are listening in, I got Donna Arduin here. She is the uh, the budget guru. She's, uh, in my opinion, she's one of the most decorated and most successful um, uh, government budget experts in the U.S. She's telling us stories about Arnold Schwarzenegger, and so um, we cut out a little bit there. Probably my fault because the internet and Nikiski doesn't like uh, us doing podcasts because. Uh, we're in Alaska, so it's Alaska problems. So, um, Donna, my next question to you is this. I got several. Uh, I'm sure we could probably talk for hours, but my next question to you is this. Um, do you have one or two of your, you know, kind of most proud accomplishments um, that you've done over the course of your career? You've had such a decorated career, um, and uh, you were uh, fortunate enough to grace us here in Alaska for a little bit. Do you have a couple of accomplishments that you're proud of over the course of your career that you could share with us, one or two? Uh, sure. So I guess I'll talk about something that's not governor related. In our consulting business, we've done economic development projects. And there's an economic development um, biomedical research uh, cluster in Orlando now, the Lake Nona um, Medical City Development. And I worked on that for years. I was with them from the onset. And it is a tremendous success. I, I urge people to look it up. 
it was, it started out as an old uh, citrus grove and we turned it into a huge biomedical development. I worked for University of Central Florida and a developer and then with the mayors and the, you know, in the uh, um, county down there and with Governor Jeb Bush, he was still governor at the time and uh, the board of governors um, over the university system and so forth, but we got it done and it's just amazing what you can do if, if everybody's rowing in the same direction. That's cool. Uh, Tell us a little that, bit about... Go ahead. Well, I was just saying the other uh, thing would... that reminds me, so the other thing I was going to talk about was um, just taking risks and going where, you know, your heart takes you. Um, I, when I finished that project with the University of Central Florida, they actually asked me to do a graduation speech. And one of the things that I, you know, told the kids, uh, the young folks with the stars in their eyes, is, <laughs> first of all, I, you know, I hope you took risks. I hope you didn't just take the safe courses to get your GPA up. Uh, but even if you did, you know, starting now, don't take the job that feels safe. Take the one that's just going to make you so excited to get up every morning. And when that stops, you know, do something else. Take risks. Be an entrepreneur. Just, you know, love what you do. Um, you know, like what you and Suzanne do, right? Yeah. So I, um, so for me, accomplishment in my life has just been doing those things and following my own path. Or as a uh, um, Frank Sinatra said, you know, I did it my way. I'm sorry for those of you, <laughs> those of you who are younger than me, you might want to look it up. But <laughs> it's a terrific song. So tell us about this book you were telling me about. You know, you've, um, I know you guys produce um, a kind of position paper on economics every year, but you've also produced a book that kind of ranks all of our governors. So talk to us a little bit about this book and tell us a little bit about, uh, if you don't mind, where our governor ranks in there. Oh, sure. So um, Arthur and I write with American Legislative Exchange Council, ALEC. They work with state legislators all over the country. Great group. They put up model legislation. So, you know, legislators in Alaska, they want to know how to do something that another state has done, you can probably find that with ALEC. They'll give you the model legislation and you can copy what other states have done successfully. Um, two years ago, we started doing also doing a grading the governor's report. And uh, so we just finished a media tour for the 2021 rankings. The, uh, we really want the book to be a guide, again, so that we governors can say, look, and their teams can say, how can we emulate what they've done successfully to bring schools you know, grades, um, reading scores up, for example, to turn an economy around. Um, we can see, we've seen governors and states that have done this in very, very short periods of time. So it's a hopeful book, but it also ranks them all so they can know where they stand. And, and your governor, the first book ranked in the bottom 10. Um, this year he's got 12 behind him. So um, actually there's one Republican behind him. So um, there's an improvement, but the book really doesn't, this book doesn't rank Alaska's economy and Alaska's performance per se, but for each one of the governors, it ranks over their term, the change from start to finish. So if his grade is that poor, it means during his term, things have gotten worse, the economy, the fiscal situation, you know, reading scores, welfare dependency, et cetera. So yeah. all of those things that, um, that are going to cause, you know, us to be um, 
bearish or bullish on a, on a state, the state's economy in the future. Good news is that it can improve. And all the governors have to look at is what are these others doing? You know, so Mississippi governor, for example, Mississippi, you know, he adopted, um, you know, Florida's full school choice. West Virginia just did it. Um, we have several states that are cutting their income taxes significantly or trying to eliminate them. And we see that the, we see their economies change and their school grades, et cetera, change, you know, in a very short order. So it, we, we do it out of a sense of hope, but um, you definitely, as I said in our media tour, Alaska has a lot of room for improvement. <laughs> we can improve, it sounds like. Well, do you have any, you know, you've seen uh, and been in the weeds of Alaska's budgets probably more than most, most people that will listen to the show. Um, do you have any thoughts on Alaska's economy now, future? Um, you know, what's your perspective on it? On Alaska's economy? Well, yeah. I certainly won't be the first or only person to say this. But you know, you're such government dependency. I mean, your government dependency scores are, you know, off the charts. And you know, we're talking about not just folks who are receiving money directly, but it's, you know, the corporations. I mean, the dependency on on government. And, and it was that way when I was there, of course. It was that way before before your governor and I got there. But um, compared to other states, it's it's not a good prognosis. For the future. So developing the private economy is something that's really, really important. And one of the only ways to do that is to stop spending so much government money, money on these folks and get them to, you know, and the corporations and the not-for-profits and everything, you know, to self-sufficiency. Um, even some of, you know, the rural areas, you know, solve the energy problem. So you have a lot to do, but um, again, you know, there are there are roadmaps on how to do it. I used to tell folks, you know, I, I know Alaska is sort of a young state. and There's not a lot of infrastructure. When I went to work for Jeb Bush in, in Florida in 1999, um, Florida hadn't been around really that long. It wasn't since the 1950s that this, the Everglades were plumped. I mean, half the state was a swamp. Yep. Um, air conditioning was developed. I mean, it's, you, you know, it was fairly uninhabitable. Um, right about the same time, really, that um, Alaska became a state when things started to turn around. So you can see what's happened with Florida. It wasn't always that way. Um, Jeb was the second Republican governor since Reconstruction of the wow. South after the Civil War. And the first one was only there for four years because he didn't stand by what he said he was going to do. And uh, uh, so, but, you know, the, now people just look at Florida and think, Wow, that's just easy down there. Well, it's it's easy to be governor down there now, because things are going so well. Um, that's not to say anything uh, wrong about Governor DeSantis. He's a wonderful yeah. governor who's third on our list, and again, not because of what he inherited, but because of what he's done with it. But um, you know, so what I'm trying to say is, there's hope for Alaska. Yeah. But there's a lot of policy changes, and it's not going to be done by just solving a math problem. And saying, you know, we, well, if we get this much in taxes and this much in PFD cuts, we're going to solve a budget problem. That's a math problem. That's not how you solve your economic problem. So I think what we were trying to do, and, you know, John and I, you had, a, we had a little bit of time together to start talking about this. And I'm just recalling some of our early conversations, but there's so much more that needs to be done. 
and a comprehensive plan really needs to be based on an economic plan. Yeah. So, you know, you've, <clears throat> you've um, faced some big hurdles, you know, $18 billion in California, um, self-imposed spending caps in Florida. What do you think is the difference between uh, a governor who is successful and who is not? Because you've been around both. Um, is there a, you know, a personality trait or some sort of a, uh, something you can pinpoint that, you know, makes it so that Jeb Bush can put, I've never heard of a self-imposed spending cap before. That's pretty amazing. Somebody like that can, you know, you would never think that that would happen in politics because that person doesn't have to do that, but he wants to do that. Is there something that distinguishes the guy or the gal that is successful, quote unquote, in your mind, and that just doesn't quite get there? Uh, so first of all, they have to have what some of us call a political rudder. I mean, they just have to know what's going to improve their economy and what's not, you know, what's going to increase liberty and freedom and what's not. And, you know, grade themselves every day. They're conscious on, on you know, um, really doing the right things. And as Jeb said to me, you know, the politics take care of themselves and they do. Um, most of the governors that I worked for didn't have to worry about running for re-election, even though they did a lot of things that were unpopular at the time, because, you know, spending your political capital has a return on investment. So you just, you know, somebody just has to have that truly within them that they know what works and what doesn't. They know what they want to do. They know when they look back on their career, what they're going to feel good about. And, and really try to accomplish that. The second part is then just they have to have guts. I mean, you can have guts and grace, but you have to have the carry through. And if you say you're going to do something, do it. You know, think it through. But when you're going to say it, you know, you need to do it. You have to talk to people about it. You have to communicate that. You know that very well, of course. Um, but th there's, you know, most of the governors that I have worked for I understood that that's how they were. That's how they felt. And that's what they'd fight for. I mean, Arnold had um, a, almost two thirds Democrat control in both houses. But he talked and talked and this is what he was going to do. And, you know, that man was never going to back down. He'd bring the, <laughs> he'd bring the legislators into the, the Ronald Reagan conference room in California, where we spent so much time. And they would fuss and fuss. And we can't do this. We can't do this. We can't do that. And he just said, oh. Because you're a bunch of girly men, you know, we have, <laughs> we have to get this done. We don't have a choice. This is what we're here for. So, um, and, and got it done. Do you think, uh, um, what are your thoughts on the, the political landscape in the U.S.? Do you have hope? Are you, you know, there's a lot of folks that listen to Must Read Alaska, you know, and watch and read our stuff. And, you know, they're discouraged because of the Biden administration and, and this and that. Do you have hope for the political landscape for conservatives in the U.S.? It's easy to get discouraged. You know, I said this uh, several years ago, I guess, when Obama was president. Um, and at the time, I would say, but look, look to the governors. I mean, I still have hope for, the, for this country because I look to the governors. It's even easier to get discouraged now because I feel like the era of small government is over. 
you know, in some places, clearly and clearly in Washington, D.C. it is. Right. Yeah. But um, and for those of you who weren't, weren't around, um, Bill Clinton famously said, I think, in a State of the Union address, the era of the governor government is over. Well, I feel like the era of small government is over. However, if you look at the book, for example, we have governors around the country who really believe um, in, you know, limited government. The, the bigger your government is, the smaller your liberty and freedom. I mean, it's just that simple. It, it, it's, it's that simple. If your government, like in Alaska, picture this is the, you know, the state, <laughs> state's economy, your liberty and freedom. If, you know, like in Florida, government's this small. So you have lots of room for liberty and freedom to survive. But in Alaska, your government is like this, and it just crowds out all of those other things. So um, I have hope because of the governors. I also have hope because, you know, I believe in the, the founding fathers, and they usually prove us right. And I think in uh, November, we're going to see, you know, I, I'm certainly not the first person to call it. I just listen and read, but uh, see some big swings. Nice. Well, my last question to you is this. Uh, who have you looked up to maybe as a hero throughout your um, time of um, being the budget expert here in the U.S. as it relates to um, working alongside governors? Is there somebody either dead or alive that you kind of looked up to over your career? Well, so many. Um, I only briefly mentioned Arthur, Arthur Laffer. He's um, 81 years old. He works this hard. He works hard every day. And he's the most optimistic person I know. And so I think, you know, if anyone, uh, by the way, Arthur was Ronald Reagan's economist for, uh, so again, nice. those of you. He's the trickle down guy, right? Trickle down <laughs> economic guy. No, no, no. That's no. not what he said. <laughs> that's a myth. Um, and I, and I think that's why you threw that out at me because yeah. uh, you'll hear your, hear a lot of uh, mainstream TV say that. Um, let's just use use instead the JFK quote: "A rising tide lifts all boats." <laughs> I like that. Yeah, well, so I used to say that a lot when I worked for Arnold. But so anybody who besides Arthur, just I'd say in general, anybody who sacrifices, you know, gives something to expand liberty and freedom. You know, of course, our, our service, men and women, um, Volodymyr Zelensky over in the Ukraine and all of the folks over there, you know, military and civilians are taking up arms. Um, you know, the founding fathers, Thomas Paine, um, folks like you and Suzanne. I mean, Suzanne probably went through great personal sacrifice, income, time to expand liberty and freedom in Alaska through the information that you spread. What Elon Musk is trying to do, you know, it appears to be trying to do right now. Yeah. And then the governors, the governors that I work for, who, like I said, you know, they, they gave up income, they gave up time with their families, um, they took bullets, you know, took hits from everywhere, not literal bullets, but you know, took punches from everywhere, um, just for the purpose of expanding and not con continuing to contract liberty and freedom. We've got a couple of mayors in Alaska that um, I admire very much, your new Mayor Bronson in Anchorage and down in your neck of the woods, Mayor Charlie Pierce. Oh, yeah. um, so I think that they, they follow those patterns. And so those would be my, my political heroes. Well, that's awesome. Folks, uh, if you're listening in, we have Donna Ardwin, who is the budget expert. I look at her as literally the uh, figure with the most amount of experience when it comes to operating state budgets. She's 
worked for several governors, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jeb Bush, our governor, Ben Levy, the uh, governor of New York, and many others. Um, Donna, we want to thank you so much for being on the Mustard Alaska show. It is a treat. Um, I uh, look forward to, I'm going to go get this book that you talk about. Where can we find that again? Tell people where they can find this book, if they can buy it or download it. How do they do that? Just download it. Alex website. That's A, capital A, L-E-C, American Legislative Exchange Council. And when you're on the website, just click on publications. You'll see our rich states, poor states, and you'll see grading the governors. Nice. Well, folks, go there right now and go get that because that sounds like a, uh, you know, a read while you're drinking your coffee this morning. Um, thank you, everybody, for joining in today. We went a little long, but I think that that's a good thing because, um, Donna, you have done so much great work for uh, governors all over the U.S., and uh, I count it a blessing that you were here in Alaska for a while. We miss you here in Alaska. So thank you for the time that you serve the great folks of Alaska while you're here and we wish you nothing but the best in your future. I'm sure that you have some fun times ahead of you. Uh, for folks that are listening and you like Mustard Alaska, you can go to our website, mustardalaska.com. On the right-hand side there, there's a donate button. Feel free if you wanna see conservative news spread throughout Alaska, that's how we fund this, through small donations, through hundreds of folks in Alaska every month that make small donations to us. So we thank you for doing that. We wanna thank uh, Charlie Pierce for governor for being our show sponsor helping us spread conservative news all throughout the nooks and crannies of Alaska. And for those of you that uh, want to tune in tomorrow, we have a very special guest, Tyler Harris, who's the executive director of the National Libertarian Party. I'm going to be interviewing him tomorrow around uh, 10 o'clock our time on the Must Read Alaska show. We'll be on Facebook Live. So all of you libertarians out there, tune in. Tyler is literally the main guy for the whole U.S. Um, and then on Friday, you can join uh, James Baisden uh, Friday morning as our show host for the Must Read Alaska show. So until then, signing off from somewhere in Alaska. Thank you so much, Donna, for joining us. We hope that you'll be back soon. Great. Thank you, John.